This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Sponsored by Pizzaville. We are all back. Adrian Batra, Mike Van Solen, Kim Wright. And I do want to stick, you know, I'm sticky sticky on this story of the scandal surrounding the prime minister. Let me let me throw it to you, Mike, because I said, you know, Adrian was mentioning China. Well, Mm -hmm. what is the international um, repercussions of this? Look at what's going on between Canada and China. That is where our focus was for so long. Rule of law, rule of law, rule yeah. of law. Then the ambassador, he's saying, you know what? You got a good case and he is gone. Look at what has happened in foreign affairs with this country. And now we've got this precedent here and this interference allegation and a lot of questions it could affect our position around the world. What do you say? Yeah, I'm, look, it's been a long time since we've had a, a federal government that's been this weak in, on foreign affairs matters. Um, and so many of these things are coming home to roost for this government now. And, and like direct cross pressures. You mentioned the Huawei case mm-hmm. um, where the government is standing by this idea of rule of law. And then to have this very public uh, episode playing out now around SNC-Lavalin where there seemed to be a little bit of flexibility in, in what uh, rule of law uh, mm-hmm. sort of uh, in, in, uh, captures. Um, their narratives, it's, they're just pulled in so many different directions. And, I, you know, I really believe it just comes from a lack of sort of a core philosophy about what they believe with respect to the international stage. Um, they're all over the place on uh, on trade. Uh, they, you know, want a virtue signal and sort of browbeat countries at, at some times, uh, but then, uh, you know, will say something very different with respect to how they want to engage with China. Uh, they haven't been very successful with the U.S. And, uh, and I'll give every government a little bit of a you you know, some it. latitude uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I do believe the White House is a difficult uh, administration to, to read uh, currently as currently constructed but uh, you know Adrian mentioned the India trip uh, the, the things have mm-hmm. fallen off of Saudi Arabia but you know to the point of your question uh, I don't understand how you square their position on Huawei with what's happening with respect to SNC you can and they're and everybody's listening they were listening Kim when the ambassador lost his job too you know, is this, as Mike has just laid out, is this the government that didn't have a plan for foreign affairs? Did they get blindsided by a changing geopolitical forces here? Well, what there, do you think? Well, there are a lot of changing forces, to be sure, around the world. Um, but not having diplomats, lifelong diplomats in key places mm-hmm. like China, I think really did a disservice. Uh, to our foreign policy, our diplomatic corps, but also just our foreign relations and how all of that unfolded uh, and continues to unfold with China in particular is so emblematic of not having uh, professional bureauc- uh, 
bureaucrats and diplomats around the world. It is critical. And whether you want more government or better government or however you want to square Mm -hmm. that circle, uh, everybody who's ever seen a Jack Ryan movie understands (laughs) the the value of having good diplomats and good Mm -hmm. diplomatic channels to get you out of some big disasters. I, I would think even those without foreign policy experience in, uh, on uh, on Parliament Hill has at least seen a Jack Ryan movie and <laughs> could at least see that part of it. So I think it's important. I think it's important. This is an important lesson. Unfortunately, this is a lesson that is going to have massive impl- implementation and implications uh, for Canada, not only in the coming weeks and months, but for the foreseeable future. And these things are never just one drop they are a ripple effect that uh, that will really they are and we can see it all there and just let me ask you you know we're all sitting here and we're discussing it we're getting into the deep dive this prime minister won an election and was he ready i mean it was a lot of razzmatazz (laughs) and and is that razzmatazz going to work again what does the average person think here I don't think it will work again. That's not to suggest I don't think that he will, won't necessarily Pull win again. Mm-hmm. For Andrew Scheer to do better, it's going to require Jagmeet Singh to actually do something in this next mm-hmm. election. But the liberals that... Look, there's 78 seats in Quebec. There's the Elections are won and lost in Quebec, quite frankly. And the Conservatives are actually polling pretty well in certain parts of Ontario where they can pick up seats. When if you look at the map that they won in 2011 when Prime Minister Harper won his first majority, um, those are those areas are looking healthy for for sheer. But really, Quebec is, is where this will ultimately be decided. And if liberal supporters um, don't feel that that Justin Trudeau is all that razzmatazz that he used to be, they'll either stay home. Or they will um, just continue to hold their nose and vote for him anyway. I don't think they're going to go to the NDP, and I don't think they're going to go Tory. Um, so that's not helpful for the Tory for for liberals and um, for the NDP and conservatives. Mm-hmm. But it's still helpful for the liberals if you sort of look at the electoral map. But the razzmatazz or whatever the sunny ways. Mm-hmm. Remember the other thing that he said. You know, speaking to Mike about the foreign affairs stuff. Remember they said Canada's back? Mm-hmm, well, give me yeah. a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have never been and felt more isolated around the world than we have perhaps in the last year to year and a half through all of these foreign affairs, either gaffes or issues that clearly this country has been in, uh, uh, incapable of, of handling. So I think, yes, people have said, oh, we remember those mm-hmm. uh, those conservative ads when they are like, he's just not ready. Yeah, they were, they were true. It turns out that being a part-time drama teacher is not good qualification to be the prime minister of the country. I, I mean, shocking. Is that is that it? Mike, you know, as we sit here and we you know we're in tunnel vision, we're paying all this attention. As I was interested talking to people over the weekend about it, is that magic going to work again? Because it's one thing, you know, the entertainment factor, and I actually have always said that I thought he had a lot of in common with Donald Trump because they brought a lot of that entertainment factor in there. And now, you know, it's one thing about Canadians when they they kind of get sick of that stuff. They can turn. What, what do you say? Um, look, I think Adrian is right in many respects. I think the prime minister is still in a good position um, mm-hmm. uh, to, to have a real shot to get reelected. Um, I don't know that his the the as you so aptly put the razzmatazz will work in quite the same way. There's you know he has let down parts of this country. Uh, 
in, in quite dramatic fashion, out west in particular, where he said, I'm going to be able to build like, you know, major resource projects, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm going to bring in a carbon tax and I'm going to be able to work with First Nations communities in ways that the previous no government can. could. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and he, and he's failed in all those, on all those accounts. Um, you know, I still think conservatives shouldn't take for granted, shouldn't lose sight of the fact that he he does have a little bit of star power, um, and uh, and he's he's a better campaigner. Uh, he might it might be harder with all these issues dogging him this time around, uh, but then you look at the electoral map and what he has to accomplish, and uh, uh, there's a lot of good good uh, facts. Uh, with respect to that on his side. So we'll see. But I think Andrew Scheer, you know, the, the other part I'll say is Andrew Scheer is not well known yet. Um, and I think in part how he responds to this uh, crisis, you know, how he performs in the House, how he performs in the media over the coming weeks could really uh, begin to change things. Uh, it's going to be a lot of Canadians seeing uh, Mr. Scheer again, you know, sort of for the first time. Um, and uh, so I think how he counts for himself and his party uh, through this this uh, this scandal may well uh, change a bunch of the dynamics with, of the election. All right, let's take a break, and we will be back with our wonderful panel. I'm Arlene Bynum for John Oakley. This is Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.